What's up? It's Soph. This is Pretty Girl Pill Club, the podcast where we talk a lot of shit about our whack-as-fuck brain chemistry. Before we get into the episode, there are a few housekeeping matters that I just wanted to mention real quick. Number one, the same Black Lives Matter links that I've been plugging the last, I don't know, three weeks are in the description once again. I'm gonna keep plugging those every fucking week until, I don't know, racist stop being racist. So once again, those links are in the show notes. Please check them out. And then for a little disclaimer, I do mention a few times in this episode, Shane Dawson, we talk a little bit about like the whole conspiracy palette thing. And I say that I'm like a big like Shane Dawson stan and have been since I was like a, a kid, basically. Uh, we recorded this a few weeks ago before the whole Carmageddon thing broke out. So uh, I don't know, don't attack me <laughs> for, for that one, I guess. Speaking of which, as I'm recording this little intro right before I publish this episode. Shane Dawson did just release his like, I guess, official apology video. And I don't know, I watched it last night and it's still kind of sinking in for me. If you guys have like hot takes, feelings about it, let me fucking know because I don't know, it's still sinking in for me. I want to hear what other people think. I've been refreshing YouTube a lot the last like 12 hours, just kind of waiting for reaction videos to it because I, I, I just, I have a lot of feelings. And then on an unrelated note, I talk really fucking fast this whole episode. I didn't take my Adderall that day. Sorry about it. So this week we got to talk to Sue Smith of the Scam Wow podcast. If you've never listened to Scam Wow, what are you doing? You're making a big mistake. I've been a big fan of that podcast for a while now. I've heard every episode and I highly recommend that you do the same. We had such a fun conversation and I'm really glad that this episode ended up being on the lighter and more fun side because the last two weeks shit has gotten pretty heavy. So I think this will be a nice break from the I mean, this whole fucking show is a giant joke. We talk about mental health, but, but at the end of the day, like we always say, we're just idiots on the internet with some fucked up brain chemistry and, and we just want to talk about it sometimes. So I think this is a really fun episode if you just listened to our last two and you need something lighter, a little palate cleanser. I don't fucking know. This is this is that for you, I hope. So enjoy the episode and subscribe to Scam Wow. And thank you again to Sue Smith, who was an absolute dream. You're amazing. I'm so glad that we got to have you on. This was so much fun. Enjoy the episode. From the middle of the 20th century in the United States of America, Hundreds and hundreds of teenage boys and girls are becoming hopeless dope addicts every year. It's fantastic. All right, so welcome to the Pretty Girl Pill Club, where we're the, uh, wait, what's the stat again? Are we like top 11 in Kuwait? Is that what it is, Ronnie? Yeah, okay. Let's say top. Uh, yeah, just, yes, let's just say uh, the best. Let's just say the best. <laughs> yeah, we'll just say, we're just going to lie and say number one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so welcome to the Pretty Girl Pill Club, where we're the top-ranked comedy podcast in Kuwait. 
We're huge in Kuwait. We're huge in Kuwait, apparently. Thank you to Google Analytics for that for that one. Uh, and today is a super special, exciting episode. We're here with Sue from Scam Wow. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, I love getting those stats of like what random countries people listen to your podcast and you're like, okay. For like two weeks, our number one country was the US and then Kuwait was the number two country. So I think mm-hmm. that's where that stat came from. And then like, I guess maybe that was a weird fluke because then it went to like UK and then Kuwait. But Kuwait is still our third highest What's ranked Kuwait? country. <laughs> hey, Kuwait. Hey, Kuwait. How's it going? How's it going? I feel like I don't know anything about Kuwait. I should do some research. <laughs> Me neither. And figure out why in God's name <laughs> we're doing so well there. We have like Sweden and Australia a lot, but we never we never have America. <laughs> oh well. It's also weird seeing which states because like sometimes I'll go back to our old episodes and be like, wow, I talked a lot of shit about that state. I hope they don't listen to that one. Like, I think I did like a whole segment where I just like completely shit on the entire Pacific Northwest. I like went on and on about how like Tiva sandals aren't a personality. And then I saw like the next week we got a bunch of listeners in Washington and Oregon. And I was like, oops, Oops. (laughs) they either really like my roast or they just didn't listen to that episode <laughs> they're probably bashing washington up there too so honestly yeah yeah that's true that, that was part of my whole criticism though is that they aren't very self-aware up there so who knows yeah <laughs> your birthday just passed you are a gemini gemini yes yes i love gemini's uh ronnie's cat is a gemini She's a true Gemini. It's crazy. Big Gemini. How can you tell? Like different personalities? Yeah. She'll like look at me like, hey, I want to like, I want to hang out with you. And then like you'll go to pet her and she's like, well, hey, hey, not like that. Like I just want to be in your presence a little bit. Most cats have big Gemini energy, but. (laughs) Yeah, that's Gemini for sure. Yeah. My cat is an Aquarius and. Hi. Her name is Sam. Hi, Sam. She's just mad. She can't hear me. And and honestly, even if she could hear you, she wouldn't move because she doesn't care. Yeah, that's her big Aquarian energy. Yeah, we have the same birthday, so I project a lot of my personality flaws onto her. Yeah, I'm like we're the we're the same. There was an article not too long ago about um maybe it was long ago. Uh, about how your cat can have the same mental issues as you. And I was just like, damn, no we're way. both. No, that's a fact. No, that's a fact. Um, I've had my cat for 17 years and we have the same triggers. So, <laughs> really? Yeah, I've had her since I was a really, really little kid. Since I was oh my five. Gosh. Since I was five years old. And so we have the same triggers. Like I say Aww. that as a joke, but like, it's not a joke. We have the same triggers. I don't know. I think my cat has the same like issues as me with like loud noises and loud people. No, you're sisters. <laughs> we are. No, we truly yeah, are. Yeah, you're sisters. We're, we're Siamese yeah. twins. Yeah. We're only, yes. we're only five years apart in age. So. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So she's she's my best pal. It's fantastic. Ronnie, you had some questions about scams. Oh. I want to get into those. Yeah. Yeah, I have a few questions about scams. What is your all-time favorite scam? Like, what's the the big one? 
They're so they're all so good in in so many different ways. <laughs> but I think a good scam lets you just like go down a rabbit hole forever and ever. You know, yeah. um, it sucks because it's like I can't tell you that I love this scam because it's bad and people are getting scammed. <laughs> but um, I'm fascinated still by Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good one. <laughs> Because every time I go on the subreddit, there's always new shit and you're always discovering more. And there's always like new people revealed to be involved in his pedophile ring. And it's just like, whoa, but it's awful. Of course, it's awful and and tragic and horrible, but it's so good. Um, So that's a good one I like. We do find on our show that all roads lead back to Caroline Calloway. She is just (laughs) a wealth of shit to talk about. But I do like Anna Delvey a lot. I love Anna Delvey. I love I her. Love she, she's just like a Robin Hood, like scamming rich people, which I love and appreciate. Mm-hmm. It's like a victimless crime. But yeah, mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. like that. But Epstein, I was just on the Epstein subreddit yeah. before I got on this. Yeah, no, all the Epstein stuff is fascinating. I love Anna Delvey. So I listened to the whole audiobook of uh, my friend Anna. I think actually yeah, you mentioned that. it. Yeah. And then like that <laughs> day I was like, oh, I'm downloading that audiobook," And I did. And I listened to the whole thing. Turns out she's an Aquarian icon like me. So all of her like weird personality flaws, I was like, no, those are just things that I also do. I think she might just be like an Aquarian icon, like how she was just like rude to people for no reason and like completely didn't realize it, like getting out of a cab and just like not even like saying thank you to the cab driver. I'm like, no, those are just things that I do on accident all the time and don't realize but it also she's like eastern european too yeah, so yeah that's mm. another thing it's like eastern europeans yeah. are like so like straight talking so i don't think they like think of that stuff as rude they're just no bullshit i guess and yeah. she's very no bullshit i was yeah. listening to the 90 day fiance tell all and yeah. um yes. it was wild that like stephanie who's like a terrible person like the worst person i've ever seen on 90 day fiance was just saying that like eastern european people are like basically cold and and they're hard to um relate and connect to yeah that's i feel like that's true especially with russian people like they i went to school with some russian girls and they're just like we're not polite and we're not like fake like americans and when you start to notice it it's like a lot of americans are just like excuse me sorry thank you so much and that's all like fake shit and they just don't do that yeah yeah i love 90 day fiance as well (laughs) i feel like as an aquarius i would do really well in eastern europe because I'm just accidentally an asshole all the time. And so I relate to Anna Delvey a lot because I'm Perfect. like, no, I'm just accidentally an asshole. So is Perfect. my cat. She's accidentally an asshole all the time. Doesn't realize it. So I relate to Anna Delvey. But yeah, when I finished uh, my friend Anna, the girl who wrote the book, I can't think of her name right now, but I was it like was her friend who was yeah. like a, who got scammed by her. She was a Vanity Fair photographer. I forget her name. Yeah, it's irrelevant. <laughs> but <laughs> I was just like, I don't feel bad for you. I like really don't feel bad for you because like at the end, she's like, oh, well, American Express like got me my money back and all of this stuff. And I was like, so I, I don't feel bad for you. And the whole time, like she had like, you know, a pretty well off family that she could have gone to for help that she never went to for help. And I was like, dude, if I had wealthy parents that I could go to for help like in a number of scenarios in my life that have happened I would have I I wouldn't have even hesitated and so there was just like a level of privilege that that I was like I'm sorry like as like a broke white person I don't feel bad for you that's why you have to admire that's why you have to admire Anna Delvey though because she picks like the perfect victims that like 
just deserve to be scammed. Yeah. Yeah. No, she really is like a, a true Robin Hood and she's just a cold bitch. And I and I admire that about her. You gotta. I admire you gotta. a cold bitch. Mm-hmm. Going yeah. off the vein of the perfect victim. Uh, yes. We know that scams are often geared toward the desperate and disadvantaged. What are some more covert scams that target those in positions of power? Ooh, that's good. Damn, that's a good question. I think that a lot of financial scams are the ones that come to mind. So like if you're talking about like a pyramid scheme or a Ponzi scheme or anything with money and that's and that's when you give your money to somebody else and he's like using your money to pay off somebody else. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, you know, he's not investing it. He He's telling you the dude's telling you he's investing it, but he's really just paying off his other creditors. Um, so those ones. Great. Love a Ponzi scheme. Love a Ponzi scheme. Epstein is fascinating, too, um, because it's all people in power. You know, mm-hmm. it's all like finding out who's involved. Like Bill Clinton was on the fucking jet. 26 times Bill Clinton was on that jet. Donald Trump, he knew for ages and ages. So that one, I feel like anytime people think they can do whatever they want, it's like, I'm happy to see justice get served for sure. Yeah. Um, what are some other good rich people ones? Oh, Fire Festival, of course. Yeah, that's a big the one. Be- I totally forgot about that one. Yeah, that's the best one. I, I remember this tweet from around the fire festival time that was like white people love camping unless it's a surprise and that one like still makes me laugh every time i see reference to it i'm like it's perfect yes it's perfect and it was so fun to watch the whole thing implode because like of course these rich white people who are going to some island just like deserve to eat bread out of a styrofoam container like that's insane and hilarious that image is ingrained in my head like i think about it all the time yeah i think about that all the time it's like a shitty open face sandwich with one yeah. piece of leaf on it you know oh my <laughs> yeah. god and i love and i love about that scam the balls of like billy mcfarland who just thought like yeah we'll just make it happen on this like remote island in like three months just figure it out and we'll be legends i love the balls That's so funny i Hilarious. love that yeah that one is definitely like a favorite scam kendall jenner just had to like make a big payback yeah she just had to yeah. pay back a bunch of money because of that which like really made my little grinch heart grow a little bit <laughs> it was just like yeah it just made me feel so many good feelings inside of course yeah the fire festival one totally forgot about that for a minute but yeah that one's so good there's a lot of youtube ones that are similar but they're oh, yeah. preying on younger people so it's right. not as like it's not as enjoyable to watch because it's kids that they're preying on, but it's still just like dumb as hell. Like some YouTuber thought they could have a convention that they put together in a month Tanacon, and it's hilarious. Yeah. No, I'm I'm very well versed in the YouTube scams. I <laughs> know all about them. There's Tanacon. And then I was in a class with this guy named Fusi, Um and he. Yeah. yeah and I want to get him to come on. I keep forgetting to email him, but he tried to have a convention too yes. called FusiCon, yes. and everyone turned against him and he he said all these people were going to be there and they just weren't. It's just like, oh, wow. who thinks they oh, that have a so convention? Good. Yeah. That one is so, that one blows my mind because that one's even crazier than TanaCon because it's like with Tana, it's like, no, she's just a dumb 20 year old girl. But like with Fousey, I mean, he was having a manic break. Like, was that? <laughs> He, because I was in an acting class with him and no one knew who he was. He just mm-hmm. came in with like a bunch of fly shit. And he was like, and the teacher's, very um dramatic and 
uh, controversial and problematic. And she was like, tell us your story. What's your story? And he was like, I fucked up and I did some shit online. And now I haven't been online in a year. And we're like, what the fuck? So no one really knows what he did. I don't really know what he did. I just know that he tried to have a convention. It was bad. Didn't work out. (laughs) He basically tried to have a convention at not the Hollywood Bowl, but the Greek theater, I believe it was. Uh Whichever one is in Griffith Park. He basically told all of these people that Drake was going to be there. And that, like, he met Drake and that, like, he, like, had this, like, really crazy, like, heart-to-heart with Drake and, like, Drake is gonna be there and, like, this one day is, like, gonna end, like, hatred and, like... There was also some other stuff about, like, we're going to, like, change the world with this, like, one convention. And it's just literally, like, textbook manic episode. Like, absolutely Uh. textbook. It's honestly, it's so sad because it's, like, I would hate to, like... You know, we I've had close friends who have had manic episodes and it's embarrassing. It's yeah. it's genuinely so embarrassing. But to have like a manic episode like that and have it like broadcast to so many millions of people, I like I honestly like I feel for him a little bit. Like a lot of it, it's really easy to make fun of. And definitely I do make fun of it a lot. But there is like this part of me that's like, God, it's just so sad. I would hate to have like one of my manic episodes like broadcast like that. That's really sad. Yeah. But it but it's honestly fascinating though, because I feel like there's a lot to unpack there with like the whole I don't know. I feel like there's a lot we could learn about like what mania looks like from yeah. that whole debacle. Because I think even just like a lot of people that I've seen talk about it on YouTube, like don't totally understand mania. And so they report on it like, dude, this guy's just out of his mind and like don't get the whole like context of like, well, he's clearly like bipolar and not taking his medication and is going through a manic episode. But until you have that context, yeah, it looks I don't know. I don't know how it looks. I, <laughs> I gotta. I gotta see if this guy can come on. I gotta yeah. message him. <laughs> you have to. You have to. There's a uh, some great. There's like this insane interview that he had on No Jumper where he is just like he basically. So basically, Shane Dawson was being interviewed by No Jumper, and Fousey just shows up and hijacks the whole interview. <laughs> And it's so awful. And then, like, there, I saw one compilation video that's just a bunch of clips of, like, Shane looking down at his phone and then, like, whoever edited the compilation put text over Shane that's, like, him texting Ryland, his husband, being like, please pick me up now. <laughs> like, that's funny. I'm scared. So I'm scared. Please, somebody help me. Yeah, no, Fousey Tube is a good one. That's a good scam that yeah. that I would be so... I, I'm hungry for more content about Fousey Tube, so I okay, would be cool. the first one to, like, be like, yes, everybody listen to this. It was so weird to be in class with him because we were like, clearly this guy is fucking loaded. Like, yeah. I don't know. He would come in on a motorcycle and shit, and we're like, how does he get his money? I don't know, because, like, people who are not in YouTube just, like, have no idea of, like, how much money these people make. And yeah. they, it just is baffling. Crazy. Yeah. I feel like Ronnie and I are in like a age group where we, well, at least I grew up watching a lot of YouTube, like in high school and yeah. And stuff. I was just and watching so, Charlie the Unicorn. Was, yeah. Yeah. That was my I, uh, childhood. <laughs> I was a uh, deep on that Shane Dawson train very early. Um, and so I've just like been watching, like to me, like YouTube is like, my mtv i feel like every time there's like drama videos it's like it's like my tmc it's my trash television so i'm just like 
I'm an encyclopedia of just completely useless information about YouTube and YouTube drama. And it's honestly embarrassing how much I know. I feel like I try to downplay how much I know about this stuff. But it's like, no, I've seen like five different documentaries about TanaCon. I know all the details. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I guess I'm the same way with like reality TV. Yeah. That was like, I started watching The Real World when I was like 10 or even younger, I guess. So I have a weird amount of knowledge about random reality stuff. Yeah. What's your um, yeah. What's your favorite reality slash trash TV shows right now? Oh, fuck. Yes. Okay, good. So when we started quarantine, I started watching Vanderpump Rules from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, like from season one, episode one, because I'd watched like the last two seasons, but I didn't. I felt like it was a little out of context. I wouldn't say it's favorite. I don't think that any I. I know that some of it is problematic and like not good and not like I know that Bravo is not good, Uh, but I do like or I've been watching the Vanderpump Rules. I watch the Kardashians because they have great story editing. Oh, yeah. There's always the first season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians is masterful. It really is. Yeah, There's (laughs) always very good storylines on that show and they know how to edit that shit. And then um, 90 Day Fiance is my one of my mwah, very good but we love 90 uh, day fiance here love 90 day fiance but if i see if it's too much of the same people i'm just like over it you know yeah like i personally am sick of the ed storyline i'm like i've had enough i've had enough of that he man sucks yeah he's, yeah. he's tripping <laughs> yeah i've had enough yeah. of him i'm done i'm over it i'm like i don't want to see another like highlights video pop up in my youtube recommended of like weird scenes of ed like i'm so done with him and his weird little voice and like all did of you it. did you see they leaked somehow they leaked the unedited te- tell all it was like eight hours no. so i started I watching that this was like a um leaked on reddit like a month ago so i started watching that and i only made it a few hours in but ed on that it's like oh clearly like you're performing to be on a reality tv so just seeing the unedited parts and how he just like started shit and like got in there to like antagonize people i'm like no Mm-mm. he yeah. was talking big like especially on like i think his name was david who had lana in yeah. russia he was talking really big on him for somebody who got left <laughs> yeah exactly but it seems like he just wanted the camera time you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it didn't seem it wasn't authentic at all yeah the lana one is insane to me i saw a youtube video of this guy who basically catfish lana to prove that like she isn't real and he got like him and a bunch of other people to message her on a bunch of different like eastern european dating websites and i guess like she figured it out and then started making fake profiles of the guy who was trying to like catch her in the lie but made a bunch of fake profiles of him saying that he was like gay and that he was like looking for men who were into feet or like all of this like super fucked up like very problematic and like homophobic shit but basically then he makes this like hour-long video basically exposing her like look like she's on all of these different websites under all these different names and when she figured out that i was trying to expose her she made a bunch of like fake profiles of me like saying a bunch of homophobic shit and it's oh man that like that is just like this is the content that I didn't know I needed. And now that I have it, I, I want more of it. <laughs> yeah. The level of self-denial and delusion on David's part to think that he is not being scammed is just ridiculous. And also 
I felt weird like she clearly did not want to be on TV and part of me thought that she was being like bullied by the producers or whatever because there was a couple of times in her confessionals where they or her testimonials where they would ask her a question and she'd be like pause and the producer would be like just answer the question so part of me felt like she like did not want to be there I don't know it's weird I think I remember I think I remember one point where she was like yeah, I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> and there was like a yeah. few times where she did that. Yeah, I think she just didn't want her scams to be exposed too. Because I think if her face is too out there, then all of these like men that she's talking to under all these different names would like be like, wait a second. Totally. So I feel like she just didn't. So yeah, like there is that aspect of it. But after I saw this video that this person made, like basically exposing her, I was like, I think that she just doesn't want to get exposed as a scammer. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think she's clearly making money off of it. She has to be somehow. That's her livelihood. And that's why she won't use an iPhone, you know? (laughs) Well, that and her Her insanely long nails. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. That too. Oh, man. Yeah. Lana is that that's the one that I can't get enough of right now. It's like I was big into the Ed storyline for a while. And now I'm just like, I can't take another minute of it. I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. It's so good. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as members, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. Keeping on the, the scammy route, Yes. I um do I think personally that bottled water is a huge scam. I'm not sure if that's like by definition a scam, but you like paid this, too much yeah. for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. what are other mundane mundane scams that we should be aware about? We should be aware of. I agree with you on bottled water and I did watch the Shane Dawson documentary on <laughs> yeah. this about how Dasani has salt in it. I will not drink Dasani water ever because that is a scam. Yeah by the coca-cola corporation to get you to buy more water i think that's a scam i think i don't know i try to like diy a lot of shit because you can do it all yourself what is a scam there's so much stuff like parking is a scam like i hate paying for parking you can always look for it and find your own parking that is a scam austin (laughs) what do i think is a scam what do i think is a scam well yeah the police of course oh yeah they have a Big lot of scam. money just yeah. sitting there. And apparently uh, LAPD has grenade launchers now. <laughs> what? Oh, well, did you see the budget? The uh, I saw it's like a insane. breakdown of the budget and it's like, it's like, okay, yeah, the budget is $10 billion. They get $3 billion of that or like $3.8 billion. And then I saw a graph breakdown of it of how much money like everything else gets. It's like 53%. It's like, it's like here's everything else. And then here's yeah. LAPD. It, for the folks listening, you can't see this, but I'm doing a hand gesture to... I'm not going to explain this well, but like it's it's so atrocious. And yeah, no, the police is the, is the world's biggest scam. Yeah, because they only have to have eight months of training, I think, which is less time than a hairdresser. 
They only have a minimum IQ of 104 points, which is very Wait, dumb. That's so low. I didn't know that one. <laughs> <Yes>. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, they just shoot people and kill people and it's they're bad. Wow. I hate them. Oh, wow. I did not know the IQ thing. That That's just like a bomb dropped on me. I did not know that one. Holy shit. And just to clarify, like when I was in college or when I was in high school, the kids that had 80 IQ were in like special classes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how close that is. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're really like on the yeah, I feel like yeah, no, that's like way too close to like, whatever the IQ is below that, like you can't execute somebody if they're like, I feel like 104 is pretty close to that where you like the line of like where you can can't execute somebody. Yeah, it's not high. It's pretty freaking low. (laughs) Yeah. Holy shit. That's frightening. Wow. That's gonna like really send me into a rabbit hole. (laughs) I know another scam that I always I'm always thinking that the the airlines are scamming you so like i'll always try to get a carry-on past the thing and i'm like i'm not gonna fucking pay to put my carry-on to check my luggage like no Mm -hmm. that's part of my goddamn ticket like i'm absolutely not gonna do that you're already scamming me i fucking and i hate when they charge you for your seat selection like no i'm not paying that because you can just go to the gate and ask for a better seat excuse me the monopoly game yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. That's a good one. That's a good one. Not the McDonald's one. Not the McDonald's oh. one. Oh. I'm talking about the grocery store monopoly game. Oh yeah. Oh, that too. Okay. okay. So, so pavilions and like Vons had these monopoly game pieces that were very similar to um the McDonald's monopoly, like very, very similar. And we played it for like three months and we got all we got so many fucking thousands of coupons, but then we could never get the ones that we wanted. Like we were one away from a boat, one away from from fifty thousand dollars for months like mm-hmm. fuck that shit yeah no that's a scam but it was fun yeah it's fun it's kind of like this casino i remember seeing like on the next door app a lot of people like when the monopoly game was going on like people were like i will pay you ten thousand dollars right now for this like monopoly piece because i'm one away people people really like go to some extremes for that stuff we used to go to the when we we would get stacks of tickets that were like two to three inches thick Mm -hmm. and just be like there has to be a piece in here that we need and there would be nothing Mm -hmm. it'd be like 50 cents off a pack of m&ms like fuck you (laughs) (laughs) have you ever looked into the better help scam better help Uh uh-uh Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Cause I was just talking with Ronnie about how I really want to do an episode about better help because it does combine two of my loves, which are scams and mental health. And because better help is basically that I think you might've heard. The app? Yeah. It's a whole scam. That's a scam? It's a scam. No. Yeah. Tell me. Okay. So I have, I haven't done a deep dive into my research yet, but what I do know is that Basically, they don't, they're not really background checking people before they approve them to be therapists on the app. And if you go through the terms of service, the terms of service are pretty fucked up. People that are like suicidal, for instance, they just won't help you, which is insane. Because if you're trying to be like an online counseling app, like I'm sure you can find somebody who'd be able to talk to somebody who's, I mean suicide hotlines exist right so what why is it so big of a jump but i think it's like probably a liability thing because they're also not background checking their therapists 
And there's this whole conspiracy, too, with, like, Katie Morton, who's a, a therapist YouTuber, where she was working for BetterHelp before she was even licensed, which is kind of, like, a big... Yeah, yeah. So I want to do, Yikes. like, a whole deep dive into BetterHelp because it's... Like, at first I thought, okay, yeah, maybe, like, their background checking isn't that great, whatever. But, like, the more I dug into it, the more I was like, oh, this is bad. Because, like, the whole thing with, like, Katie Morgan has basically been shilling for them since her, since the inception of her YouTube channel. But I saw a few videos where people looked into it, and she got licensed in 2014, and she has been promoting BetterHelp since 2013. So she wasn't actually licensed and she was working as like a counselor through the app before she was licensed. So (laughs) I did Talkspace for a month, which was fine. It was literally fine. Yeah, I don't know anything about Talkspace. I only know about better They have better. I have not heard Talkspace come up at all in any of the things that I've read about BetterHelp. So I'm assuming that it's probably fine. But I've never because I've just never seen anything bad said about it but better help is like the more you look into it the worse the worse it looks i'm glad i never did better help because it's on like every podcast ad and i'm always like this close to being like yeah i'll take that financial aid yeah good thing i'm lazy (laughs) podcast ads are so persuasive to me i'll buy like literally almost anything advertised on podcasts i own so many things that have been advertised to me from podcasts i have a quip toothbrush um i have oh yeah my entire apartment is furnished by um what's that thing called oh um my furnish and feather and feather is like a similar one to furnish it's like basically where they like deliver all of your furniture to you and like you can you basically lease it and then yeah parachute all of my bedding's from parachute what else do i have that's from a podcast basically everything i own (laughs) i bought a suitcase like for myself for christmas and i was like it was physically difficult not to buy an away piece an away (laughs) piece of luggage my friend was like they're not that good i honestly don't like it but i was like but they're so cute and they're on every podcast yeah yeah it's like if a podcast has tried to sell it to me i will probably buy it which is why it makes me sad when i hear like a lot of podcasts still uh doing ads for better help i'm like you're like two google searches away from finding out that it's not a good idea also the other thing is their whole influencer affiliate program is basically a ponzi scheme so if they have an influencer <laughs> affiliate program for therapy like that's yeah scam itself right no that just seems wrong like that seems like you're trying to basically profit off of like 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 you're profiting off of the the vulnerabilities of your audience at that point and it makes you sound more relatable because you're like i struggle too that's why i use better help but it's like you're just shilling something to them and then like their whole influencer affiliate program is basically like it starts like at the top with like one influencer like gets the affiliate code and then if they if if another influencer signs up to be a better help affiliate through another influencer then that first influencer gets a kickback from the second influencers oh yeah code, that which is, is an mlm yeah, yeah that it's shit. a pyramid scheme it's a pyramid yeah. scheme so there's that so yeah better help is a uh, super problematic uh which makes me sad because i'm like Wow, how many other scams have I... 
I mean, I guess I haven't. Everything I've ever bought off of a podcast recommendation has been good. I love my Quip toothbrush, and uh, they should they should sponsor us. So I should I I stopped using mine because I didn't have the patience. Because <laughs> you yeah you have to brush your teeth for so long. Yeah, honestly, that like that stops me from brushing my teeth sometimes because I was like, oh, but that's two whole minutes that I don't that I don't have to to spend right now. So I exactly. feel like I skip brushing my teeth more, but when I do. I do feel really good about it. So <laughs> there you go. So it's working. It's I'm working. pretty close to downloading Best Fiends. The it's only so thing. <laughs> no, but I like it. I do play it legit. Right. Yeah. I love I love in your ad read for it how you're like Caitlin lies to her children so she can play better or she Best Fiends. I play it all the time. Yeah. I almost said better help, but <laughs> I'm getting help all the time. No, I yeah. um I like literally just bought a game for for my switch. And so that's like three hundred dollars. And I'm like, if I'm going to play a game, I'm going to do that. But God damn it. I'm so close to Best Fiends. Like, no, <laughs> I have invested zero dollars in Best Fiends, like zero, zero dollars. <laughs> yeah. They gave us like some special VIP cash, but I was only on like level. I was on like level 125 before they gave us that. So you don't have to put in any of your identifying information at all. I love yeah. that. I hate freemium games. Yeah, freemium games are sometimes the worst, but they're clearly, I mean, they're doing well. They're sponsoring every podcast now. So Really? Yeah, they're buying up like crazy. Which is smart, honestly, because like like we've already established the amount of money that I've spent on things because a podcast has recommended it to me. Oh, I just remembered I have a Buffy comforter. That was another podcast. I had that too. Yeah. I love it though. I love it. And their customer service is fantastic. Really? I like it, but um, I washed it and it like will not get on lumpy. Oh, no. Okay, so I did that, too. And they sent me a new one for free. So you should just email them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Maybe I will. Do they have a lifetime warranty? I think so. Yeah, because I just sent them an email and I was like, hey, even though it was like clearly my fault, um, they were like, yeah, just like we usually recommend that you just get it dry cleaned like twice a year. Oh. Yeah, so you're not supposed to wash it. So I did that. It was clearly my fault, and they sent me a brand new one for free. Shit, maybe I should do that. And okay, thanks, uh, hot tip. Yeah, and the customer service emailed me back within, like, 20 minutes on a Sunday. It was a Sunday, and I, like, <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon, emailed them. Literally, by Sunday night, they were, like, shipping a new one to me. So I, wow. I love them. I love my Buffy comforter. And their customer service is great. So I appreciate them. Yeah. Now that's a good comforter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they just sent me like a whole new one. I just sent them a couple pictures of my comforter and they were like, oh, yeah, here's a new one right in the mail for you. Nice. And like two days later, had a new one. So big fan, big fan. Nice. But yeah, the BetterHelp scam is what because I was trying to remember too. I was like, did ScamWow ever talk about BetterHelp? Because I was trying to think of like, would it be like, ridiculous if i did it but i guess it's probably just like all of the youtube videos i've seen on it so where i got yeah we didn't know yeah you should do an episode on it i'm totally going to now okay good yes i definitely will because it totally crosses all of the all of the intersections of my interests so awesome more scam quizzing um okay we have a lot of scam questions (laughs) lay it on me let's think about uh socially engineered scams so not stuff that's from like maybe some big dude in an ivory tower 
but like just regular mundane things that people buy into? Um, well, like Shane Dawson, like his <laughs> conspiracy palette, like I bought so, it. So <laughs> I, I wanted to buy it, but it was sold out. So he put out an eight part series about making this eyeshadow palette. And I feel like it brainwashed me into wanting this palette. That was for sure. Isn't the marketing like one of those like hypno circles? Yeah. So it's like, and he knows, so he knows he's what he's scamming. doing. <laughs> you know, you're being scammed, but yet you're still scammed. Yep. I Crazy. bought it. I bought it. And uh, our other co-host who is in here right now, Christian, really uh, lectured me about how I shouldn't be supporting Jeffree Star. And he's 100% right. And I disavow Jeffree Star. And I'm sorry. This is my formal apology for, for giving Jeffree Star yeah. money. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. I tried to justify it by being like, well, like, I'm not supporting Jeffree Star. Like, I just love Shane Dawson. Like, I grew up with Shane Dawson. And I was like, really trying to justify it. And Christian was like, no, you're wrong. Jeffree Star is racist. And you shouldn't be putting money in his pocket. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. Thank you. Thank you for for knocking me down a peg so you need to you need to have friends that call you out on supporting a racist <laughs> okay i have i have a good one for socially engineered scam so i was on like a retreat for like like with my support group and there was this speaker and he was telling his whole story and he used to be a pilot and it was a beautiful story and then afterwards everyone was like that's the guy that denzel washington played in that movie the movie about landing the pilot sully or yeah, whoever yeah. i think it's called sully. flight that's the or movie flight yeah. or whatever yeah that was that was the guy that denzel washington played and blah, blah 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 and we're like and everyone is like oh my god oh my god and everybody was repeating it and then my friend that i was with was like no it's not <laughs> <laughs> and then we did some googling more on the guy's story and it was like totally not him but Damn. everybody just believed it because everyone was repeating it. It was crazy, crazy. It spread like wildfire. Did it turn out to be the Allstate guy and they just mixed them up? No, no, it was a Native American guy. Okay. <laughs> that's like that's like peak racism where everybody just like confuses Denzel Washington with the Allstate guy. Oh god. my god. <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. Oh man. It's like those Vandala effects where it's like half of me like really believes them and half of me is like, how much is this just like Twitter really like brainwashing me into believing that Mandala effects are real? Like the Chick-fil-A thing. Did you think that Chick-fil-A was spelled C-H-I-K instead of like without I don't a even C? Know. I don't even know. So Ch Chick-fil-A is spelled like either C-H-I-C-K or uh -huh. C-H-I-K. It's C-H-I-K, right? That's the thing. I've seen it. I've definitely seen it both ways. So huh. I'm not sure at all. Apparently it's with a C. Huh. Yeah. I could not put money on that, actually. Yeah. Uh, apparently it's this whole, like, it's the new, it's the hot new. Well, like a Mandel effect, like Berenstein Bears. That's mm -hmm. always yeah. one that, like, blows my mind. I, like, had no idea that it was Berenstein Bears. That's one. I remember a... America's Next Top Model episode where they were in South Africa and they were talking about how Nelson Mandela had died and they were like like there's literally I vividly remember this episode of America's Next Top Model where they're they go to Nelson Mandela's like prison cell and then they go to his grave site I remember seeing this episode Nelson Mandela's not dead or I guess yeah so so that's why I believe in them he, he is, is now, now. but, but yeah. but at yeah. yeah, I wasn't sure for a second, so I like backtracked. But 
But the whole mandala effect theory is based on the idea that people remember Nelson Mandela dying in prison, but that yeah. didn't actually happen. But I specifically remembered an episode of America's Next Top Model where they go to the prison cell wow. where he died, but he never actually died. Well, Tyra Banks is a scammer too. So to that to that effect, yeah, that makes sense. Tyra, you know, she's problematic. Ah, she really is. Yeah. I, I just learned about her whole MLM and how... Uh, she has an MLM? Oh my God, yeah, she had an MLM and it failed. Oh my God. <laughs> so there are so many layers to Tyra Banks being a scammer. Oh boy. I know, I just learned about this one. There are just so many scams, so little time. <laughs> I know, I know. I, the, what's a scam that hits close to home? I think MLMs kind of hit close to home for me just because I'm from Pennsylvania from a rural area and I see a lot of my friends doing it and I see like a lot of my family members that kind of live in these non-urban areas doing the women trying to make money in this way especially my sister-in-law who's she never sells it but she's always very into like an essential oil or a Lulu row or that next thing and it's not that like she wants to get scammed or whatever. It's just that like her friends want to have a business and they want to make money and they want to like raise their kids too. I think it's like an honest thing. So that sucks. And I hate that. I hate that um, people kind of prey on like working mothers and stay at home mom, stay at home moms for that. It's fascinating. I think anytime you have to like pressure your friends and family to do something, I'm like, oh, that's a little bit. That's like close that. to the Cutco knife scam you guys were mentioning in an episode yeah i think it's like also very close to like those things you would do in elementary school yeah. where you would like sell people things from a magazine and then i think there were like different versions of that because like everybody i knew like there were times when they just sent it straight to the person and there were other times where they sent it to you and like there was and you would get a prize and there was this one kid who like every year always got the big prize of this like six foot long fluffy snake and we all wanted to win it but this kid was killing it but that's because the kids the kid's mom is like taking it to work and like selling it to all her co-workers right. and shit like that so it's the system is rigged i wish i had gotten that snake Hopeless dope, um so <laughs> you actually mentioned in one episode that you worked for a scammer and when i was listening to the episode i was like i worked for a scammer too then <laughs> So let's talk. <laughs> let's talk one. Um, if we can go into the scam that your employer was like doing with small businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say the name of the company now. I was too afraid like a year ago. But, um, because <laughs> now I don't give a fuck. Um, the company is called Nomad Digital Ventures. It's based in El Segundo. He just preys on people not knowing how the Internet works, basically. So he tells them. Um, they had to pay him, you know, X amount of dollars every month to optimize their their SEO results, their Google results. Um, meanwhile, like they don't do shit for him or for, you know, their clients every month. But he's telling them that they're doing stuff to make sure they come up first in Google and they're not really mm -hmm. doing anything at all. Um, but it took me a while to like unravel that but it's so deceptive because it was only i was like why is this a guy only trying to build shit for like small businesses like why is he trying to like why is he trying to have like doctor's offices as clients and stuff why isn't he going for bigger 
things. And I figured out that that's why is because they're mm-hmm. easy targets. I do SEO. I have I have a certificate from LinkedIn. Do you? <laughs> it's it's not like a thing that you continuously do. But like you're either exactly. you're either on two ends. Thank you're like you. making content that like has a life outside of the website or you're like making changes to the website itself every now and again, just to make sure that people are like finding you in the right way. So it's weird that he was like write 500 word articles like every hour. Like that doesn't make sense. He was we were building web pages and every he was saying that every page in that web on the page had to have 500 words. And we're like literally building a page for a fucking nursing home. So it's like, what am I going to write about? You know, like your type of care. Like it was crazy. What I learned is like when you're doing that stuff, you actually want to gear toward like it's not like word count. You're looking at character count, you know, like you're going to want to be under like 150 in some places. You're going to be under like 50 in another. So that's definitely like a huge scam. And the second I questioned him, the second I was like, does it have to be 500 word? That's when he was like, mm-hmm. how dare you question me? We're no me? stranger to um, heavy handed white people, um, white men specifically telling oh us my God. what to do. White <laughs> men. And it was such a culture shock for me because I came from New York. It was my first job from New York. And like, I'm used to like everybody being like cool and like, I don't know, different. And then. I come here and I like drive out to Torrance where their offices oh, were. If it's in it's Torrance, like, it's a scam. <laughs> Just flat yeah. Out. <laughs> and it was in this like big glass building, and the guy is like a San Diego surfer, bro. Like I was just like in shock. Yeah, if it's in Torrance, it's definitely a scam. I have a story about going to a, I guess, a job interview for a pyramid scheme, and their office was in Torrance. So it was Aww. one of those like basically B two B salesperson jobs. But they in the listing they said that it was a PR job, which at the time I wanted to do PR. God knows why, but. Uh, I thought that I wanted to do PR. And so they advertise it as a PR job. And I go to the interview, which was basically them just like trying to see like, can you show up and like look decent? And uh, it it was a pyramid scheme. Mm -hmm. So I got out of there real quick. But now every time I see like a a job listing and it says Torrance, I'm like, nope, not going, not going. And I knew that, but I was just like so desperate to like get out of New York that I was like, I'll take whatever job was given to me in California just to get out of here. It's really weird that the HR person for that company was his wife. We have an experience where... That sounds like a conflict of interest. I know, big one. We had an experience where our HR person was the one doing the harassment <laughs> no our hr person thought that me too like making jokes about the me too movement was funny <laughs> like, it was so- they are never on your yeah. side do you think they pretend like they're your bros but they're oh never on God. your side they're always on the company side do you guys work together so we did. We're both unemployed, unemployed now, which is why we're doing this podcast. We're fun employed. Um, yeah, we worked for a CBD company who we jokingly say that we don't name. But if you do like two seconds of research into my like professional portfolio, you'll know exactly which which company it is. <laughs> we worked for this company that their product is genuinely good, but they were scamming us basically uh, for our what? time because. At the end, they told me that 
I asked for a raise and they said, well, you're only part time. So why would we give you a raise? And I'm like, I've been working. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I've been working 60 hours a week for the last year and a half of my life. And in what world am I part time? Just, oh my God. just a question. Yeah, they're the worst, um, which reminded me of the whole like 500 words thing, because I remember telling our direct supervisor that like, hey, you know, like our blog posts and stuff don't actually have to be like 500 words. Like it doesn't actually make like a difference SEO wise. And he was like, well, you're wrong. And just really? like, yeah, yeah. So I remember like trying to tell him that. And I was like, my brother works in uh, the tech industry at like a pretty major startup like a pretty well-respected uh tech startup and I was like well my brother told me this and he's like what does your brother know I was like my brother is literally way more (laughs) qualified to to talk about this than you are dude like you have a journalism degree like I don't think and my brother is a professional hacker so I think he knows what he's talking about no you can't tell a white man in charge anything like they do not want to hear it at all. Oh yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was uh, what happened to me. Was I tried to tell a white man in charge that he was wrong? And oh uh, boy, Mm-mm. no man. The beginning of the end for me was back in January, where um, I was using a lot of my time to write articles. And one article, like literally, I made my whole month's salary in one day. And then two days later, and I found this out because I looked at Google yep. Analytics. And two days later, they took me off the Google yeah, Analytics. Of course, they didn't, they didn't want, want you to know. To know. <laughs> and I was just like, well, I'm working an hour a day. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yep. It's like, well, now I'm going to scan the scammers. Oh, my God. What is poppin' pill poppers? This is Ronnie with a quick message. If you're enjoying this episode of Pretty Girl Pill Club, or any episode for that matter, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It's a great way to support us so we can keep doing what we love and it would personally make my day. You can also subscribe to us, follow us on social media, or simply tell somebody to give us a listen. Thanks. Now, back to the show. It's fantastic. What do you do when you feel like your mental health is like really on the rocks? How do you distress? Um, I feel like I have a lot of tools that I've learned that are just kind of like ingrained in me so the self need for self-care is just like a big one but for me meditation and breathing like in the moment when my anxiety is really bad like if I'm at an audition or something like that or if I'm running late and I can feel my heartbeat breathing uh, will take me down in the moment but I'm on pretty good drugs so my stress levels are are great especially right now like working from home not doing a a thing outside but yoga I, I feel like it's all in your system like your it's a lot of your body related stuff too mm-hmm. yeah what is a kind of just like in however much detail you're comfortable with or whatever is kind of your history with mental health yeah I have OCD and depression and I started and I'm a recovering alcoholic and I started going to therapy when I was like 14 and I started on meds when I was like 15 or 16 And I've been on that like on and off ever since. And I've been sober for 13 years. Yeah, that's the gist of it. For me, like I'm at a point where I just do medicine and I don't really do therapy anymore because I found that what's wrong with me is mostly chemical. So like Mm -hmm. 
talking about it before I went back on meds for OCD, talking about what I was obsessing about to a therapist wasn't making those thoughts go away. And nothing really makes them go away except for the right medication that's balancing out the chemicals in my brain that like stop me from obsessing. Do you feel like um, because I've felt this, do you feel like it's super loud when you're not on your medication inside your head? And then when you take it, it's just like, yeah, dude, totally 100%. And like, like last year, like a year ago, I was like, I was on a medicine, I was on this medicine Luvox for a long time for OCD that made me very tired. And I think it was on kind of too high of a dose. So I just stopped taking it cold turkey. And for a long time, I was like, Oh, this is fine. And then I like straight up almost lost my job. I just couldn't you think it's going to be fine. And you think you're going to be cool. But it's just like you're not and everything is very loud and very emotional and very like I had one therapist describe it as like the volume, like an equalizer, like the volume is just turned up a little too loud. And it's it's just medicine just manages that. But yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my older brother has pretty intense OCD. Like he's, I mean, he's literally like missed flights, because he's been like washing his hands or like doing whatever his like rituals are. And like for me with the medicine thing, yeah, I feel you on that because I tried to switch medications at the beginning of this year and I just got mad and quit my job. So clearly it was like, (laughs) it was not good because I have like such aggressive ADHD that, I mean, I was telling Ronnie earlier today, I was like, well, I just slept for three days because it's like there's, I'm either like way up here or I sleep for three days. Yeah. And so my doctor tried to switch me to Wellbutrin, and that just made me very awake and very angry. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so I decided to be like, you know what? I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. And then I didn't have a job after that, which was not not smart. <laughs> well, my doctor just did something for the first time that I had never like experienced before where I was I had to switch from Luvox to Prozac so that I wasn't getting so I wouldn't get so tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did a cross taper where like every week I was going down on the Luvox and up on the Prozac. So it was very confusing, but it worked so well. And I like I saw a little bit of a hiccup in like my brain, but barely anything like I barely noticed it. It was a very smooth transition. I don't know why I think that like I can manage my medicine. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like manage yeah. my dosage when I'm not a professional. Like I should not do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had such a hard time with that. Like my doctor had to write out a whole list when I was switching from Zoloft to Lexapro and even with the list, I still had to mentally be like, okay, wait, so I have to take this much of this. I'm also dyslexic. So it was just like a lot of, I couldn't do it. And yeah, I was both times I've switched medications. I was a hot mess both times. The first time I quit my job. And then the second time I just cried a lot and got into a fight with both of my brothers. So like over, over literally nothing. So I feel that one very hard, but, but yeah, I'm currently going through the thing of not wanting to be super dependent on my ADHD meds, but then when I don't take them, cause I take Adderall for ADHD, I literally just sleep for three days. So Mm. it's like, it's like, I just don't want to sleep for three days every time I want to take a medication break but it's like something that I have to be careful with because um as we've talked about on this show we're we're no strangers to to doing drugs in our past so mm-hmm. it's kind of like all the fun medicines you gotta gotta be careful with when when you uh, had a real fun college experience a hundred percent 
I got lucky because I was 5150 when I was changing my <laughs> I medication. Got lucky, he says. I was 5150. Yeah. <laughs> like I they like changed my medication and so I would just like stay up all the time so all the other patients were asleep and I was just like <laughs> in the um common room watching Dateline and like forensic files. And they were like, "Do you don't you don't want to go to sleep right now?" And I was like, "No, I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm so fine. So I'm fine. So fine. Yeah, that was me on Wellbutrin, where I was just like, "No, I'm definitely fine. Definitely fine." And I'm like, "I'm definitely not fine." But yeah, I I've told this story before. How my mom called a welfare check on me early this year when I was like off my meds. And I literally just lied to the cops that came to my door and said that I was totally fine because I was trying to finish Breaking Bad that day because I was like the only thing I could manage. Yeah, I think I went off my medicine for about five years and I thought that like since I was in recovery and I was like becoming a yoga teacher and shit that like I could figure it all out and like all that kind of self-care would do it. But like that doesn't help the chemical imbalance. It really doesn't. So I had to like get to a point where it's almost like another another bottom where I'm just like turning over the fact that I'm powerless over this and I do need to be on medicine because I can't control the chemicals in my brain yeah. and and I just need that help. Um, but I fucking did everything to not be on medicine and I thought it would be cool and it just like wasn't. Yeah, that's kind of like an interesting thing, though, because I hear that especially like being on ADHD meds, there's a lot of like stigmas with like Adderall because everybody thinks that like, ooh, you're on a fun drug. And it's it's not (laughs) not like that when you actually need it. I hear a lot about, I guess, like in the alcoholic recovering type of programs that there is a bit of like a sort of weird there are some like weird attitudes towards being medicated can you speak to that at all or do you know anything about that I think it depends like there's different groups who are more conservative and it just depends like if you have a good sponsor they'll be like I'm not a doctor so I can't tell you what to do but you might run into like a culty person who is just like antidepressants are drugs you are taking drugs so there are those people but I feel like I don't encounter them very often because I don't go to the like the super religious meetings or anything like that yeah um but usually the line like like if I have sponsees who are need like mental health help it like I'm not a doctor I can't advise you on your on your issues like that's not my expertise yeah that's the attitude I think they should take and it probably just depends on where you are geographically too yeah I think in the U.S. like being on the wet like I've lived on the west coast my entire life so I only know I only know anecdotally that I've heard some people have some weird attitudes about antidepressants and shit in that community but yeah, I mean, it's not the like the community as a whole doesn't take like a stance on it or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the people in it. Some there's a lot of freaking weirdos in there. There's a lot of freaking weirdos everywhere. Everywhere. And, yeah. So you just kind of have to, I guess, like, I don't know, take things that people tell you with a grain of salt, I guess, because they, they don't know. Because I, I don't know. I get a lot of really fucked up things said to me about my situation because I'm on ADHD medications because like people love to to hate on those um especially ever since that like take your take your pills documentary came out um there's literally a part of that documentary where one of the people in it says like well you know if you have ADHD just like try harder and I've never been so angry at anything I've ever seen I was like I've been trying for 23 years and it's not going so well oh no (laughs) and so I was like wow if somebody with like 
who had less, who didn't have like as strong of opinions as I do saw that, that would probably like fuck with you pretty, pretty hard. So, yeah. So I just see that stuff and I'm just like, uh, some people aren't as strong willed as me and I worry for those people. Yeah. I think it's about knowing what you want and what you need and being strong in your sense of self that like, you're not going to be swayed by another person's opinion like that. Yeah. Yeah like transitioning from the east coast to the west coast in terms of like mental health because like I know that for a lot of people change is super hard and like did you find it to be like a really easy transition and like were you immediately super relieved to be here um the change is hard because like I had only ever lived in New York and my hometown I'd never lived anywhere else so the change and the newness was like very um not disturbing but just very like shook me up but last year was the first winter I was here and it was the first time in my life I never had seasonal depression before. Mm -hmm. So usually like every winter I just want to kill myself and that was life. And then since moving here, that's not, it's been great. Yeah. I have the, having grown up in California, I have like, I guess reverse seasonal affective disorder in that I get really sad in the summer just because it's so oppressively hot and people are usually like, gone for the summer and I don't know especially like this spring has been very depressing because it's been quarantine and we're still quarantined I have regular seasonal affective disorder although mine's kind of tied to like Prince has a song raspberry beret where he's like overcast days never turn me on and like as a kid I listened to that and I was like I don't get that I love overcast days and now like as an adult when it's like overcast I'm just like catatonic yeah like I don't like to move it's amazing how much that affects you. Like, you don't really think that, like, in New York, I was like, this couldn't possibly be a real thing, but it totally is. Hopeless dope We've been dropping gems all episode. What would you say is your most recent breakthrough? For me, the thing that I struggle with is being, a, like, just a worker among workers and not having an attitude and just showing up and doing my job and not thinking about the big picture and not questioning things. And so I just started a new job in like March. And ever since then, I've kind of just been like, I've been very go with the flow. I've had to do a lot of work around that to just not be always hustling or always thinking about the next thing or always thinking about how I can benefit and get ahead, just being in the moment and being there to like do my job. So that's that's the thing that I've been working on the most. And I've seen some some growth in. Thank God. It's a relief. That's a breakthrough I probably need to have because my biggest problem is that I'm a little too bullheaded, I think, in in workplaces. And it's been an issue for me before where it's just like, especially in the last place that Ronnie and I worked at, the problem was that I was right every time I was like so so bullheaded. And it's like very frustrating to be like, well, I know I'm right. But sometimes, unfortunately, you have to just like stay in your lane just for like self-preservation. I'm like, well, I know that I'm right. So everybody should agree with me. Like, totally. Sometimes it's like, even if you're right, it's like letting them make the mistakes. And that's my problem. I have like such a, a, a naturally aggressive personality that I'm just like, now, now, now. And yeah. I'm like, well, I want them to get it right now. But also realizing that like, that has zero effect on my personal paycheck. So right. like, totally. so why am I so invested in their potential financial blunder when it literally like I'm gonna get paid the same 
no matter what. And even if I tell them something that is like a great idea, I'm not going to get credit for it. Like they're going to credit the the white dude who is sitting next to me when I said that, which is what used to happen in that in that job. So, of course, yeah, I feel like that's that's a breakthrough I personally need to have. Working is hard. Yeah, not working is hard, but I honestly have really enjoyed being unemployed. I'll say that. Good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like monetarily stressful, but I've like made it work. And now I'm just like, no, not having a job is like kind of nice. Like I'm kind of yeah. into this. How was transitioning to working at home for you? Well, I had been unemployed for like five months, so... Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of the same. Yeah. Um, the only weird part is that I've only met my coworkers in person like once. And so it's mm-hmm. like these people I'm seeing every day, but I don't really have a relationship with. That's the weird thing. But working from home is the tits. I love it. I love I love working from home. But yeah, it, it is harder when it's like a new workplace and you don't get to like make any of those relationships with the people you work with. Because at least for me, I feel like L.A., is a hard city to meet people in. Yeah. And a hard city to make friends in. And so I could imagine like if you're just moving here and then all of this quarantine shit happens and then you're just like, how do I make friends? Or, oh my God. It's weird. Did you find that? I mean, obviously like you moved to LA already like married and with like an established life. So maybe it wasn't so much for you, but like, did you find like meeting people to be really harder? Um, yeah, I find that like my friendships are like so much newer. They don't have the depth, obviously. And it's like people I knew from New York, but that I'm hanging out with who I wasn't super close with. But now we're becoming close with the people who know me, know me, like who are my bros are like all in New York. Well, except one friend is like back and forth a lot. So that helps a lot. But it's hard to cultivate those super deep relationships. Um yeah, it's different. Yeah, I I feel that way a lot. Cause like for me, especially since quarantine, it's just been me and the cat mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've barely been outside. I mean, I went outside yesterday and I was like, I don't, this is the first time stepping foot outside of my apartment in like four days. That wasn't to like meet a Postmate. <laughs> I think I'm going to be super awkward around people after this 100%. Oh, yeah. And I already was. So it's going to get like 10 times worse when yeah. quarantine's over. I I think about like how excited I am to go back to having like a job job. And then I think about like how terrible the first few weeks are going to be where I'm just like, I don't even remember how to be a person anymore. Like, yeah. I don't know how to exist. And like, because the only work I've been doing has been for this podcast so and it's like you know my brainchild and so it's like oh I get to make all of the edgy jokes I want to and no one can tell me not to and it's like oh how do I go back to being like a corporate person who knows not to make edgy jokes I already chronically lack a filter and so yeah I'm I'm scared of myself basically (laughs) I get that I understand that I get to the point where I want to be like you know I'm kind of standoffish at one point but at the other point I really want to just like go all in with my relationships with people so the thing with quarantine that's been like hard on me is that I used I was like a local at this bar where I would do karaoke and I was like the only, I was the youngest person there. Like everybody else was like over 45. 
and I miss those people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I'm the same way where it's like I want to have super deep, deep relationships, but sometimes I just want to be alone too. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I'm way too comfortable in quarantine. And it like it scares me a little bit. I was like, I wish I were less comfortable with this because I don't think it's healthy to be this okay with just being confined to my apartment with my cat for for this many months straight. I think a lot of people are finding that podcasts are very helpful in um, kind of cutting out the silence and like filling it with people's voices. That's the only thing keeping me sane. Honestly, like if it wasn't for this podcast, I wouldn't talk to anybody ever. I've noticed Mm -hmm. that though, like the amount of noise I need in my head at all times is like pretty, like I... I like don't let myself have a quiet moment. I'm like, I'm not usually like that. Yeah. What are some of your favorite podcasts maybe right now and then of all time? Um, Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. right now I do. Let me look. I feel like um, for some reason on the West Coast, I feel like it's harder to stay tapped into what's going on culturally. Just like the pulse is a little different. Um, So I listen to the daily and up first most mornings. So I like that. But then if I want to just like check out, I listen to The Read, B-List, 90 Day Fiance Cray Cray. Um, What else? Oh, Danny, Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, which is a Real Housewives podcast. Yeah, like a lot of like True Crime Obsessed is like one of my overall favorite. I think they're amazing. But a lot of like Real Housewives fan stuff and a lot of Drag Race fan stuff. Um, There's one called All Right Mary, which I love. They do like a deep dive on Drag Race. But overall, I like like a serialized six or eight episodes on like one thing that's done really well. Like S-Town was great. There's um, have you listened to To Live or Die in L.A.? Yeah, that one's really good. That one's my favorite. That one is my favorite of all time because the where the murder takes place is actually really close to my hometown. And so no way. Yeah. So it hit super close to home in multiple ways. And at the time that that crime took place, my then boyfriend was living in the same apartment building as uh, the girl who went missing. Oh, <laughs> so it like that's a little too close to home. Yeah, it was like what February two thousand seventeen, maybe I think. Yeah, eighteen. Yeah, and I was dating somebody at that time who lived in the same building as her. And she was murdered uh, very close to my hometown. And so it made me feel very uncomfortable from every angle. Damn. So that one, that one really got me. So good. (laughs) That one is so good. When I was apartment hunting too, that building kept coming up on my searches and I was like, stop it, stop it. (laughs) I can't see that. What building is it? So I know. It is the duet in Hollywood. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, so keep that one. Stay away. Well, it's also not a neighborhood you would want to move to anyway. It's like right off of Hollywood Boulevard. Awful area. You wouldn't want to live there. It's an awful area to live in regardless. And then uh, adding those two layers to it, it's like, oh, a girl who was murdered lived there. And also one of my ex-boyfriends. So that whole whole mile radius is a a no-go for me. No-zo. Yeah. Uh, my last question was scam related. Yes, laid on um, me. And it has to, <laughs> it has to do with like job search. Um, I actually got a notification not too long ago from the Washington Post 
where it was like, um, these millennial brands were founded on feminism. Employees of color say racist cultures left only white women empowered. So in the vein of um, employee culture, are there any job search slash like job scams against people of color? I think um, the way I unfortunately think that when you're searching, it's difficult. Okay, well, MLMs, I think target, especially like Herbalife targets people of color a lot, a lot of MLMs do. But when you're searching for a job in particular, there's no way to really know until you get in there until you and you get an interview and you're like, what is your culture like? What is your diversity like? Who's in power? Like, those are questions I always, always ask. And you have to be able to like, they're always going to give you a positive spin too. So you have to be able to see through their bullshit and to like see with your eyes on like, who are the people who are interviewing you? Are they diverse people or are they not diverse people? And if they're all white people, then it's probably this company like does not value diversity. So that's, you know, something to keep in mind going into it. But I do know that LinkedIn uses like a very, I mean, I'm sure you guys know this, but like you can kind of scam your resume a little bit and put on keywords so that you're more likely to like get responses and shit like that, that I like didn't know until like two years ago. And I was like, holy crap, this is insane. That's good advice. Cause I, I've never thought to ask About that diversity? question, like to come in and be like, yeah. yeah, to be like, how many black people y'all got here? <laughs> I always do, of course, because I want to know how many like I want to know how many women are like on the board or whatever. You know what I mean? I want to know that yeah. I'm not going to be like bossed around by white men all day. Yeah, Fuck I- that. I actually just got an interview request today. And um, they showed the people who were leading the company and like the president was a black man. So yes. I was like, OK, this is. This is this might be good for me. This might that's be so fun. Exciting. Um, but yeah, that's like an that's such an important question to ask about diversity and kind of the the culture that you're applying into. One yeah. time I got this job that ended up being so bad and I was asking them about their company culture and they were like, "Yeah, we have a really cool rooftop." And everyone I asked, <laughs> everyone I asked about their culture just kept saying they have a cool rooftop and then it ended up being they they had no company culture, nobody talked to anybody. And there was like one rooftop that I went out on once. <laughs> like it's bad. Wow. <laughs> Were there a lot of plants on the rooftop? No, because no one went up there very much. Oh, then that's See, that's, that's a shitty rooftop. 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 Not mm-hmm. even a good rooftop. What mm-hmm. a scam. Um, I went to a job interview at a design agency because I'm a graphic designer. And the CEO and founder was a white guy. And all of the designers were, for lack of a better term, hot, thin, white girls. And, mm-hmm. and, and me as a thin white girl was like, did I get this interview? Because I I don't know, I aligned with some weird BMI requirement. Like what? Like it just made me feel very weird and gross and objectified because mm-hmm. I was like all of the women who work here have like the same body type. And it yeah. that, and I that seems like such a weird small thing, but like when you think about it, it's like well the person making the hiring decisions is like clearly like this one dude i think that's stuff that you should listen to though like gut instinct stuff that you should listen to yeah yeah because it ends up being right yeah that's the thing is like in this post-covid world we're probably not gonna have as many like in-person interviews and that's like the thing for because you know asking the questions is important but it's also important to like see with your own eyes just like Mm -hmm. i mean in the 10 minutes that i was in that office i noticed like 
oh, all of the other designers that I will be working with are other thin white ladies. And so who dress very similarly to me and like, you know, it just felt felt weird. It felt a little black mirror-y. And so those sorts of things that you can pick up on when you go to the office in person, you're not going to pick up on in like a Zoom interview, unfortunately. But you should, I always think about like, who I'm interviewing with too like because usually Mm -hmm. you're interviewing with superiors and if I'm gonna be interviewing with superiors are they like people of color are they like you know you can think of that even in a zoom like the makeup of of just your interviewers as well yeah that's true and like all of the people that you email back and forth with you know just look them up on LinkedIn real quick if they don't have a profile picture on their on their email too and see who's emailing you because that'll tell you something as well so that's actually a good thing that I didn't even think of doing until this very moment until I said (laughs) it (laughs) I'm out of questions (laughs) I learned a lot too I feel like I did learn a lot about scams so and I love scams that's one of my favorite things Awesome. I think I got past true crime where I just got exhausted from it. And then like I very quickly transitioned into scams. And then that became my my new murder is mm-hmm. is now scams. But thanks so much for, for coming on and talking thanks, to us. Guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And then before we go, do you just want to plug all of your things? Yeah. So I co-host Scam, Scam Wild Podcast and we are at Scam Wild Podcast on all the things or scamwildpodcast.com. And then I am Su- at Sue Smith on Instagram and Sue Smith 666 on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I was going to tell you that I love your Twitter handle. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that I, I, I love it so much. Um, uh, I've been so mad that I have never been able to get Sue Smith on Twitter, but. Yeah, I've Whatever. never been able to get my name on on anything ever. Really? And I don't know why. I think my name is really common in Australia. Oh. randomly so i can never get my name but that's why uh, i couldn't even i'm trying to fight a girl on instagram right now for her at she has at satterall and i am, that's good and i'm so my so my instagram is at satterall with three d's and three l's and i'm really trying to get at just satterall and so i'm, I'm trying good. to start a turf war basically for, the, for that at that's t-u-r-f not, not t-u-r-f, t-u-r-f. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i wish you i wish you the best of luck <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> um well thanks so much for for coming on thanks for having me bye what a fantastic chat we had If you're enjoying this episode of Pretty Girl Pill Club, or any episode for that matter, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It's a great way to support us so we can keep doing what we love and it would personally make my day. You can also subscribe to us, follow us on social media, or simply tell somebody to give us a listen. Thanks.